0: Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Who said it? John Wick or CJ McCollum? CJ scores 40 as the Pelicans beat the San Antonio Spurs. Let's break down why CJ looks like he's back to himself from last year as the Pelicans end their four-game losing streak. It's a Friday episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Friday, final show of the week, Before the holiday this weekend. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday. We'll be back with you all on Monday. Get you set for that game. It's also game day for the Pelicans today. as They take on the OKC Thunder in OKC on the road. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and tell friends about the show and comment down below on YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, as you covered this season with more odds, props, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. CJ McCollum. Looking back, and it's not just the 40-point game, it's some of the other games that he's really had. You could see him slowly building to the point where I think we can look at him and go, oh yeah, this looks like the guy from last year that was key for the Pelicans getting into the postseason, winning the play-in tournament, and having a competitive first-round series, even though he struggled at times, against the Phoenix Suns. So let's break down what we saw from him in this game and previous games, particularly the Bucks game too. And then also, let's look at the depth of New Orleans. They won this game without Zion and Brandon Ingram. That's huge. That's not easy to do, even against depleted and not great San Antonio Spurs team. And then finally, I'm going to wrap up the show in a little bit of a different way. I tweeted out a picture of Jackson Hayes shooting a corner three during warmups, and a lot of y'all freaked out. That's normal, but I realized a lot of you don't know what players do before the game leading up to tip-off, so I'm going to explain kind of some of that, some of the things you don't get to see unless you're in the arena at 4 30 which I'm doing every day, but Most people aren't, so we'll break that that down coming up in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. But let's lead with the biggest story. Obviously, CJ McCollum, 40 points in 37 minutes. And this is real strong efficiency from CJ. 40 points on 27 shots, He doesn't normally get close to two points per shot attempt like Zion Williamson can do. He just doesn't get fouled and go to the line enough. And while three-pointers will get you pretty close to that number, it doesn't usually get you to the two points per shot. So 40 points on 27 shot attempts is absolutely fantastic from him. His three-point shot was falling early. Seven made threes in this one. You also saw him trying to be aggressive, drive towards the basket, realizing that he doesn't score at the rim the most— but has that mid-ranger in his bag. And it looked like he was going to struggle in this game. He couldn't get that mid-range to fall, trying to go off the glass, trying to go for teardrops. They weren't It's a little bit too strong on some of those. Seemed like he was maybe forcing things a little bit too much. But then he got into the rhythm of the offense, the flow of the offense, and this is key for him, I think. Don't try and force things, CJ. You don't need to be the floor general. You don't even need to always be the number one option. Work off ball and good things happen because you are a talented shooter. You are a talented scorer. He did in this one. Those seven made threes. He started taking pull-up threes, particularly in transition when he was feeling it late in the game. But those original threes, the beginning threes for him, came in the flow of the offense as an outlet guy, as a spot-up guy. And that's what he needs to be doing. He's capable of driving and attacking, but he does that better off of closeouts and when the defense is kind of scrambling a little bit rather than when they're set and he's trying to probe and kind of be a point guard. So when he gets into the flow of the offense, and that's what he needs to do alongside Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram when B.I. comes back in 2023, those are the kind of keys for him. This was a game where he did not force things till he was already hot, And at that point, force away and do whatever the hell you want to do, C.J. McCollum. 14 of 27 on the night, 40 points. I mean, he looks like he's back. And if you look at him over the past four games, some of them, you know, the majority of them being losses for New Orleans, he's averaging over 30 points per game. He's slowly been building to this. I thought he played really well against the Milwaukee Bucks, taking what the defense gave him on a night when you needed other guys to step up. But he started to slowly get back into a rhythm. I don't think he's really been back until this game, but 31 against the Bucks, He had 27 in the loss to Phoenix, 28 in the loss to Utah that went to overtime, 14 in a bad game in that blowout loss to the Utah Jazz before that. But really, these past four games, he started to get it going and starting to find a f- find the right type of efficiency that's going to make him work really well next to Zion Williamson. So I think this is the game we can really say CJ is back. These past two games, he's hit 13 threes. Those are the type of numbers that you want to see out of him. He's 13 for 24. That's excellent shooting, spot up guy. And more than that, you're seeing him contribute in other ways too. Eight rebounds against the Milwaukee Bucks in this one, when New Orleans has had some struggles when it comes to defensive rebounding. He had eight rebounds again, seven of them defensive boards. He's also trying to get his teammates. When I talk about not forcing things, if you have nine assists in this game, which he did, you're not forcing things because you're passing the ball. He also had nine assists against the Milwaukee Bucks too. He's starting to get into the flow of things. I think that's big. It's not being kind of the black hole that he's been at times offensively. Sometimes he takes some questionable shots, but I think he's also earned that little bit of leeway and trust from the coaching staff and maybe from the fans as well to be able to go and do that. And really, his best sequence that you saw from him in this game also included defensive plays. Forced a loose ball turnover against the San Antonio Spurs, grabbed it, ran out, in transition, the Puget pull-up jumper in transition, Splashed a three right there that really just kind of put a dagger in the hearts of the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, he might be back. When you have a completely game like that, two almost triple doubles in back to back games with good defensive plays, at least in one of them. And the Spurs are not great. They were without Keldon Johnson in this one, their leading score. They haven't been a particularly good team. That's okay, you need a get-right game here and there, and certainly the Pelicans did that against the San Antonio Spurs. That, I think, has been a big thing. They beat the competition, didn't play down to it. CJ was a huge part of that. Two really strong back-to-back games after slowly building up to this. Yeah, I think it's safe to say he's back, and that's important for New Orleans, who's going to need another scorer alongside Zion Williamson while Brandon Ingram remains out for the foreseeable future, but hopefully be able to see him sometime in early 2023. But you also saw the depth of the Pelicans in this one no Zion Williamson, no Brandon Ingram, no Larry Nance Jr. Guys had to step up, and they did. And again, it shows off the depth that the Pelicans have. Let's break that down and other good performances we saw in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans coming up here next. Before we get to that though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by the NHTSA. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell. Your coworkers can tell. Your parents can tell everyone can tell so what makes you think law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed so even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high you're not the bottom line is if you feel different you drive different and driving high is driving under the influence so remember drive high get a DUI paid for by the NHTSA thank you for making locked on pelicans your first listen today and every day And now for your second listen, go check out Locked On Sports Today, the biggest sports stories across the world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So we are talking about the Pelicans beating the San Antonio Spurs, 126-117, a get-right game, and CJ McCollum might be back. But there were some other real good performances for this one. This one showed off the depth of the Pelicans, I thought. We've talked a lot about next man up mentality, guys needing to step up when their number is called. And they did in this. You didn't have Zion. You didn't have Brandon Ingram. You didn't have Larry Nance Jr. Those are three of your top six, seven minutes guys there. Key players for the team, really leaving the front court fairly depleted. You needed some scoring in this one. You are going to need some defense. You are going to need rebounding too. Guys delivered, to be perfectly honest with you. You really saw it in this one that these guys went out there. 16 offensive rebounds despite not having Zion or Larry Nance Jr. out there. They controlled the glass enough and really limited other than Jeremy Sohan getting a couple of his own misses. Six offensive boards for him. The rest of the San Antonio Spurs just had eight. That's how you can win a basketball game. You saw Trey Murphy start to get right in this one. Five guys, by the way, scored in double figures. Trey, 15 points. Didn't really feel his three-point shot, only took three of them, made one, but looked to drive and attack and had a monster dunk that he's been hoping for. Two steals and assists and four rebounds. Najee Marshall stepped in, hit an early three to really set the tone that they were going to try and space the court for CJ and others out there on the court. Five rebounds for him, including two offensive boards, second chance points. Valanchunas, after a big night, 16 points, 10 rebounds, and a night where he just wasn't the best but still was fighting for rebounds, trying to get the Pelicans second chance points and doing what he could to help this team. All these guys needed to contribute, all these guys needed to step up, and they absolutely did. You had Billy Hernan Gomez, who hasn't been getting a ton of minutes, forced into duty with no Larry Nance Jr., 13 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, keeping the ball moving, working on the perimeter, setting screen, trying to find cutters when they left hit the ball in his Hands. You also had Jose Alvarado, not a good shooting night, but he made his impact felt. Three assists, three steals, nine points for him. And I did a segment on Jackson Hayes yesterday. Would we see him in this one? And you could tell that he was going to get some minutes early on. And I'll explain why in the next segment, too. Six points, three rebounds in very limited minutes, including a monster putback dunk. You need guys to be ready to go to play within the flow of the offense and not try and do things that are kind of out of the norm. Know your role as Antonio Daniels says it. Know your personnel, including those on your own team. And New Orleans did that in this one. These guys needed to step up and play well. There's still some talent on the San Antonio Spurs. Jeremy Sohan can go out and score. Jakob Pertle can definitely do it. Devin Vassell has been averaging over 25 points per game against New Orleans this season. Trey Jones is a good young player, 19 points for him. There's talent there. They can go out and they can do things. So you knew that this wasn't going to be a pushover of a team, and New Orleans made it look like it was. They did exactly what they wanted. They weren't perfect, right? Too many turnovers at times, but they were playing good defense. As I'm losing my voice here, as I'm fighting off being sick. Uh, They they did a very good job on the glass and just got enough offense from everyone stepping up and contributing in different ways and supporting their main guy in C.J. McCollum. This is the type of depth that we talk about. It works well around the star players. And it worked well around CJ. You knew when he was going that they were going to try and feed him. They were going to try and find him. And as I said, he worked within the flow of the offense. Wasn't forcing things. Wasn't just the ball in his hands. He's going to dribble till he creates his own shot. He was working off ball. You had Jose getting him the ball. You had Billy Hernan Gomez giving him the ball off dribble handoffs to create a little bit of space for him. You had those type of plays of everyone working together new orleans in terms of like pure raw talent is probably not the best from top to bottom there's other teams but these guys know their role they fit well around the stars whether zion's in or not and when cj's going like he did and they play like that there's a lot of depth here and that doesn't even mention dyson daniels or a guy like herb jones who's making defensive play after defensive play and making his threes too Herb looked good in this one. Dyson Daniels coming in and just is such a solid passer, and it doesn't always show up in the stat sheet. He had one assist, but you got to look at his passing on the night, making good entry passes to the bigs, really the main guy on this team that's capable of doing it because it's essentially a lost art in the NBA. This team works well together, and when you look towards the trade deadline, and I just ran down all the trade assets that New Orleans has in yesterday's show, do you necessarily, or two days ago, I forget what day it was, You don't necessarily need to make a trade because there's still a lot more room for these guys to grow. And I don't know if I want to take minutes away from a lot of them. So I lean towards a smaller type of trade that the Pelicans could make rather than a big one. Because I like a lot of the players they have. And when they come together well, it leads to good things, like 126 points. Again, the Spurs aren't good. They're missing their best player, their leading scorer. But there's still, I'm like really losing my voice, there's still a lot of talent there. And to still go out and get a win is important when you're missing your two best players. And then Larry Nance Jr., who's a key piece for them. Guys stepped up, ready to go, including Jackson Hayes, who hasn't gotten many minutes this season, like at all. He's played 72, 73, going into this game where he played 13. And he contributed in those minutes. Didn't need to do too much, but that's important but he didn't take any corner threes. Did he? I don't think he took a three in this game. Did he? He did. He was out for 1. I can't remember if it was a corner three or what it was. Um, but it doesn't matter because he did other things well. But I want to get into that. I tweeted out the picture of Jackson Hayes taking a corner three and a lot of y'all were like, what the heck is he doing? And it was like, an- I'll get into it in the next segment and I'll explain why I think the reaction to that was kind of wrong, but it also just shed some light on an area that maybe a lot of people don't know about. And I think that's interesting to talk about in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. So that's coming up here next. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. So get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, whether it's pro football, college bowl season, roll wave, to basketball, whatever it is you might want. They've got it all over at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you're here, you probably do. They got more of those over at BetOnline as well. So it's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action happening right now. Over at BetOnline.net, BetOnline, where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for you all like no one else is doing completely free. No paywall or anything like that. Giving you the Pelicans insight and talk that you want to hear. Trade deadline stuff, trade targets, we got it covered. On-court play, yes. Where can they keep improving? What are we seeing? All of those things here at Locked on Pelicans. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. If you want to support the show, you don't need to get money. Best thing you can do, comment down below. On YouTube. And now for your second listen, go check out Locked on Saints. Ross Jackson breaking down everything black and gold. QB of the future. Spears from Tulane maybe being running back of the future. It'd be very cool with that. Go check it out over at Locked on Saints. Make sure they're your second listen. So we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Pelicans, talking about the Pelicans beating the San Antonio Spurs 126-117. But I want to focus on stuff before the game, before every game that I don't think people really know about and don't get to see, so let's shed some light on it. I tweeted out a picture of Jackson Hayes, because I got a good one of him right in front of me, shooting a corner three during his warm-up routine. And I said, are we in store for a big Jackson Hayes game? And I get that some people love Jackson Hayes, some people don't. There's really no kind of in-between when it comes to him. And people are wondering why, you know, a seven-foot, six ten, six eleven, seven seven-foot center shooting corner threes. Why do that? Because one of the things he has done when he's come out on the court in the limited minutes that he's played this year is shoot threes. You're a big man. Get to the basket, right? So it set a lot of people off on Twitter, and I'm kind of there courtside before the game, you know, as these players are warming up being like, what did I do here? And... People were just overreacting to it, I think, being like, why would he practice that before a game, all of those things? I was a little annoyed, to be perfectly honest. I don't like that stuff in my mentions. Sometimes I get tagged with the players and then the players seem to kind of be annoyed that I kind of brought this stuff to them, right? Or people are trying to talk to me, tagging the players, which is why I always hate when when things are done like that. But I realized a lot of y'all don't really know kind of what the routine is before the game and what's kind of like a normal game day for all of these players. So... The way it kind of works, and you wouldn't know this, right? If you're getting there, it's if the game's at seven, you're getting there between six and seven, you're not going to really see any of the players warming up because they all warm up well before that. And they kind of go through like a little shoot around, a little kind of routine. So the way it works is the players are there pretty early between four and four 30 on an away game. There's usually two buses. There's an early bus and a late bus or like a little bit later bus. The players have a set time that they go out to the court and warm up well before the game. Some players are kind of early guys. Some players are late guys. It just depends. I don't know how that's set. And what they then do is they work with one of the assistant coaches and some of the ball boys and some of the other training staff and some of the player development coaches and go through a routine, you know, guards, are going to be working on their shop. They're going to be working on some of their ball handling. CJ's out there dribbling two balls back and forth, kind of going through some ball handling drills before every game. Then he gets out there and he starts shooting around. He's running kind of faux pick and rolls with the with the coaches and the trainers, kind of going through the motions, just kind of getting into the groove of things, warming up they shoot threes, they shoot mid-rangeers, they practice turnarounds, they practice free throws. They go through kind of this whole thing and it's a routine that lasts anywhere from, you know, a couple of minutes to 30 minutes or so. Then they go to the locker room, get ready for the game. Bigs do a very similar thing. Instead of kind of, you know, practicing on the ball handling, they're setting screens, then they're rolling to the basket, trying to catch a lob from one of the coaches and just kind of putting it up. You'll see Jonas out there. Uh, dribbling with his back to the basket, practicing his post moves, practicing his fadeaway, practicing at the line, practicing one-handed tip-ins and things like that. All of the players go through all of this. One of the things that all players do is shoot threes. All of the players on this roster, in their routine with their coach, which is planned out, right, all shoot threes. So seeing Jackson Hayes shoot threes there, yeah, he was shooting threes and I posted that picture because... I was right near the short corner and he was right in front of me, but he also did other things. He does practice screening, rolling, slip screens, popping to shooting in those sorts of situations, lobs, dunks, things like that. They do all of that. All of the players do that. And again, they have a set time with a set coach and go through a pretty similar routine every time. And the coaches kind of help them work on things. If the shot forms slightly off, they'll try and correct that a little bit. And it's all done you know, usually two hours or so before the start of the game, but you don't normally get to see that because you're not there early enough. But I wasn't sure if most people realized this, and kind of based on the mentions on Twitter, it definitely seemed like they y- y'all weren't. So I hope that sheds a little bit light on some of what their routine is. You know, they might be getting treatment out there. They all kind of handle it differently. This was a fun one because you could tell these guys were loose. They were feeling good despite a four-game losing streak. It might have partially been because they knew they were going to get more shots. All of these guys looked happy for the most part, other than one, and I'll explain why in a sec. All these guys all looked happy other than one who took it very seriously. I think it was because they realized they were going to get playing time. They were going to get shots. No Zion, no B.I., no Nance means there's more shots to go around. So they're going to get to go out and really be involved. You also had Jackson Hayes out there who looked more serious than I had ever seen from him so far this season, which probably meant the coaches told him he was going to be playing and he was ready to try and make the most of those minutes. Even if that means he's shooting corner threes during warmups, which the coaches want him doing. So that's kind of their game day routine, what they go through a lot. Jose has a lot of fun with it. He brings a Pelicans boombox out. Blast music, you've probably seen it on social media too. They were all loose. They were having fun. Clearly led to some great things as they beat the San Antonio Spurs 126-117. Now they got another game tonight in Oklahoma City. Hopefully they can make this now two in a row, start a new winning streak, but this one will still be tough too. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is very good. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans, this week of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nolajake on Twitter. I hope you all have some happy holidays this weekend, and I'll be back with you all on Monday.